0: This is SQPN, the StarQuest production network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of the Hobbit is brought to you by Bluehost, my favorite hosting provider, because they are extremely reliable, very affordable, and they offer a ton of functionality. Just go to sqpn.com slash Bluehost for more information. And by the Amazon store. Click on the link on our website before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show.
1: There and back again. A Hobbit's Tale
0: by Bilbo
1: Baggins.
0: Where to begin? And Bilbo already said it. Back again. We're back again with a new episode of The Secrets of the Hobbit. How are you all doing? It's been such a long time. After our uh, in-depth review of uh, The Desolation of Smaug. We haven't talked anymore, but today I'm joined by Riley Blanton because we want to talk about The Hobbit. And Riley, welcome to the show. You have something special for us today. I do, Father. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yes, uh, and I'm so glad that we're kind of here uh, recording, getting ready to introduce uh, uh, some pretty cool a pretty cool event that I was at, however, I will say this: I'm jealous because as we record this, like we're dead in the midst of San Diego Comic Con, and I'm really wishing I was in California, right about now. Those but, conventions. Uh,
0: I was, I- are, me too. It's something I've heard about so much. I'm always following it online, and I've never been to any of those conventions. And 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 it's, oh, gosh, when I when I see those videos and I hear about those panels, just being there, ah. Oh, Fantastic! I know that Dave Kale, uh, one of our co-hosts of this show, is there right now, and he's been able to get into the Hobbit panel. So I'm I'm really dying to hear what he what he uh, what he heard there. But you've been to one of these conventions before, and you've been sitting on a bit of treasure for a while. Not unlike the uh, the terrible
2: dragon himself. Yes, <laughs> um, I I, I talked talk to you about this. I think um, we were in a post show for for Secrets of Star Wars. And I had thought about this because I've just been kind of sitting on it because I don't have a Hobbit podcast until I came and joined this one, which <laughs> you're so nice to have me and my sister Bethany on. And I was thinking about it, it'd be perfect for this show. Um, I was at Dragon Con last year over Labor Day weekend, and uh, I was at a number of Star Wars panels because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But I also had the opportunity to attend a Hobbit panel, which uh, featured William Kircher, who played Biffer and, of course, uh, featured Graham McTavish, who played Dwalin, and probably the most entertaining guy on the whole panel, uh, Sylvester McCoy, who Doctor Who fans know as the Doctor uh, from a way back, but of course, Hobbit fans know him as Radagast the Brown. And those three guys, man, they were super entertaining. I really had a great time on the panel. Uh, The folks at Dragon Con were nice enough to let me kind of sneak in over to the sound booth, and I plugged my digital recorder in, and and capture, capture the magic. So I've been sitting on it, I didn't really have an outlet for it and I mentioned it to you and you were kind enough to say well Let's uh, share it with the secrets of the Hobbit listeners.
0: Absolutely, because it's always fun to hear these actors talk about their experiences on the set. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you get to hear these anecdotes in directors' commentaries. You know, and 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 Peter Jackson in the past was very generous with his, with the commentaries provided on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, but uh, we're still waiting for that. You know, extensive, complete. Yeah. Extra long, extra expensive edition of uh, the Hobbit movies. And so this is the next best thing. It's just hearing all these stories. And we don't even know if they will ever end up on a on a DVD commentary. So it's so cool uh, that you recorded this. And uh, and again, uh, keep in mind that this was recorded before uh, The Desolation of Smaug uh, came out. Yes. And um, th- th- we didn't even know that the third movie would change the title because it was going to be there and back again like in the quote from that we always play at the beginning of this show but it has of course as you know changed in been changed in uh, the battle of the five armies and over at Comic-Con that's what they are talking about in in our next episode of course we're going to go over everything that was said at Comic-Con but it's also great to look back and see how this this first movie came about and the to hear the experiences on the set
2: Oh absolutely yeah I think I think everyone will enjoy it and I will tell you this Uh, small tease. Turns out Radagast, not actually a big fan of Sebastian the Hedgehog, but that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Really? Wow. (laughs) It's a pretty funny running bit. I will say that.
0: Excellent. Well, let's waste no more time and let's listen. Please welcome William Kircher.
3: Welcome, William. Good afternoon. Oh. Good morning. <laughs> Not in New Zealand. Our next guest is just as handsome as William. He's a bold, intimidating, head-butting dwarf. He also has a long history of film and video games and television, which we won't give you the whole list because it takes a while. But please do give Graham McTavish a big welcome.
4: thank you very much
3: these two fine fellows are our dwarven contingent but the other third of today's panel is none other than a dr. wizard (laughs) dr. wizard please welcome the incomparable Sylvester McCoy
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Any questions we don't like? Well, you know what's going to happen. Yes.
3: So, thanks for making it through the parade crowds
1: today, gentlemen. Yes. I was in the parade. That's right. Little hairy out there. Yeah, I'm sorry we stopped the traffic. My apologies. All my fault. <laughs> kind of is, kind
3: of is. Sylvester I think we'll give you our first question if you don't mind Uh, so there you are get you get invited to perform in The Hobbit and the director is admittedly a fan of yours how is that working with Peter and how is it being invited to take the role
1: well I mean it was it was great working with Peter Um, as far as being a fan I do I only heard rumors over the two and a half years, is that how long it took? I don't know how long we've been doing this thing yes. 10, 25 years. 25 something. years, something like that. But um, I, I'd heard a rumor that he was a Doctor Who fan, and, but he never mentioned it until the very last day. <laughs> oh Which was extraordinary, really. And he, he made a speech. He, he's wonderful because he makes speeches um, and, and gives a little presents to the actors mm. when it's their last day of filming. And he made a lovely little speech, and then at the very end, and he said, and, he said, I got to work with Doctor Who. And <laughs> yeah. he never, I'd never had a hint of it all the way through the two and a half years, so that was really touching. I mean, I, now, I do know that he has got my costume, my Doctor Who costume. He's now got my Radigast the Brown costume as well. I'm hanging on to my own clothes, because he's not getting them, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, did he? So well, he my trousers. <laughs> get off, Peter! Get off! Go away! I told you you can't have it.
3: <laughs> did he? Uh, did he give you anything as a gift from the set?
1: Yeah, I've got my stave, my big stick. He gave me that. He gave me a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's um,
4: great. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, okay. I mean, enjoy this. Go yes. <laughs> Don't drink it all at once. Yes. I did. And um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quite right. I got my uh, you know the the thing they put radigast in you know, the seat. You're, everyone's got a seat with a name on it and he gave me that as well. So Very nice. I got that with a pillow of um gladeril on the seat at home. <laughs> Which I nicked from the premiere in London. There was a, all these cushions and, with uh, various different luminaries from the film on them.
5: Yes, we managed to uh, get a few of those as well. Yeah. yeah. You had to be quick. up
1: your shirt, down your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I looked uh, pregnant or I'd eaten too much in the party afterwards when I came out.
3: Well, Graham, we're going to move on next to you. Yes. Uh, I think... This audience, definitely me, uh, have enjoyed the production diaries as we went along on The Hobbit. And you seem to uh, be very talented at giving people a lot of bleep on those production diaries.
1: (laughs) What? He's a bleeping
3: Scotsman. How very dare you.
4: Um, Yes, yes. I do have that tendency sometimes to get a little overexcited those production diaries were really enjoyable to do actually I mean they were everywhere. I'm they're probably here now Uh, They they recorded every moment of our lives I used to have to check in the bathroom to make sure they weren't there and but they were they did a great job and um, Michael Pellerin who's in charge of that side of things had a whole unit dedicated just to him and he's working on those production diaries. I think there are 15 hours of extra features on the first extended DVD that's coming out later this year. I mean, he's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's wonderful stuff. And they were very open to ideas. There are some that uh, I won't give away now, but will be definitely in the second and third movie extended versions. Very funny, that's all I'm gonna
3: say, very funny. Yeah, we had some fun doing those. So let me follow up on that. Uh, from those production diaries, they seem really fun, and yes. it seemed as though the cast had a great rapport. Is that the case, or was that just good acting? All lies. <laughs> all lies. We no. hated each other. <laughs> no, we 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 did. No, we did.
4: We all um, we all got on very well. We did, and you know, one of the saddest parts about finishing this project was that uh, that bond. Well, it's not. It's not gone, but we just don't see each other as much as yeah. we used to. Yeah. Uh, we were in and out of each other's lives for two and a half years. and um, That's exactly right. Yeah.
5: It was like a brotherhood because we're also, we, we had so many shared experiences. And I know, I know this is, might be a silly thing to say, it's not comparable to going to war, but it is kind of, uh, every day we're putting on the, the costume and we're going through incredible experiences together working really really hard at times having a a lot of laughs getting tired working 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 working, working. What happened to loving the drinking, every drinking, second drinking, of it drinking
4: drinking 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 and then the, the drinking 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 yes there was that
5: <laughs> a bit of socializing yes <laughs> so anyway we did actually we formed a very strong bond yeah
4: we did we did indeed
3: so william uh, I mentioned in the introduction that you uh, worked on the troll character a little bit. And I yeah. think the process of that is fascinating. We touched on it in yesterday's panel, but I, I think it'd be interesting for all of us if you'd go into some specifics of how you kind of found a character and played a troll and then brought him to life.
5: Oh, well, yes. I'd love to talk about that. I, I do have one thing to say, though, about DragonCon first. Lou <laughs> akradi And... Don't tell anybody this because it's a secret language, Dwarvish. But that means I don't believe it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Luakradi too. Playing a troll was a great honour. On our first read-through, we all sort of shared some of the roles uh, about that hadn't actually been cast. Uh, and our first big read-through, and I thought at that moment, I thought I'd love to audition for one of those trolls. So I let the producers know, and I let Peter know, that I would really like a chance to have a go at auditioning. And so I did, and so I got to play the role of Tom. And we spent four days in the motion capture studio, which is the most, it's about almost the size of this, maybe half the size of this room, and it's got like a hundred cameras all around in the ceiling, and you wear this, uh, like Andy Serkis did with Gollum. Uh, you wear a special suit with dots all over it. A gimp suit. Yes. And yes. you look like a complete idiot. <laughs> you wear a special um, a helmet with a camera looking at your face that captures all your facial expressions. Um, but the thing is because it's like a troll and very much, Andy came in and helped us actually and it was fantastic. Two, two people, Terry Notary helped, with the he was our movement coach and then when Andy came in when we were first started working on the trolls and Andy said a very interesting thing, he said, you know, you've got to think about what kind of injuries they might have because these are very, you know, they're extreme characters and I thought, you know, Andy had so much experience in this world um, and playing Gollum, which is an extreme character. So I thought well, I'm gonna give that a go And so I tied a weight to my arm and I put a big uh, like a sandbag weight on my arm and oh. a sandbag weight on my leg So I had this kind of <laughs> like that. And I know it looks insane, but that's
4: it's a troll. <laughs> You've Perfect, got to be insane. Perfectly normal. perfectly normal.
5: Now I can't rabbit on and on and on about trolls because I could go on forever. So I'm going to pass it back to Larry to give somebody else a turn. Well, I
3: do have, I do have another troll question actually. Uh-oh. Uh, when, when you're the troll, when you're playing the troll, are you thinking of yourself as a villain, as a bad guy, or just sort of a misunderstood, not very smart character?
4: A misunderstood, not very
5: smart character. The second. Wow. misunderstood not very smart now i made some choices about tom because you know the a typical way of playing a troll is kind of go down there like that you know and all kind of deep and low and i thought no what i'll go is i'll go hi i <laughs> <laughs> and, and all kind of pathetic and so we improvised that scene up over you know da- the three of us that played the trolls we fortunate enough to play the trolls and we had so much fun working with peter working out all these gags and we kind of worked out that tom was the weedly snotty guy that the other guys always picked on
3: <laughs> oh, yeah it was all <laughs> It
5: was all up there like that so you know that was a lot of fun so i was misunderstood badly treated unhappy troll
3: very good thank you <laughs> So, Amy, with the microphone, would you just stand up so our audience can find you? And I have just a couple more questions, but that's where you want to go if you want to ask. Thank you, Jim and Amy. So there's the line. So get in line if you want to ask. I just have a couple more, and then we'll turn it over to the audience. Sylvester, we're back to you. Uh, tell us about Radagast. Was he mostly on the page, and is that how you found the guy? or did you sh- What did you bring, or what did you do with the character?
1: Well... I... When I was offered it, oh, I thought, oh, I must reread The Hobbit quickly. <laughs> ah. And then I went back and read it quickly. And thought, where's Radigast? <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, you know... Uh, Peter and Fran and Philippa kind of wrote me some lovely stuff to do. I was blessed and lucky to have got that part, really. Um, so it was it was a joy to do. I remember when in my first day of filming it, um, I was by myself in the house, trying to save the life of Sebastian, who was named after Peter's P. A. That's who. I don't know how it, really? <laughs>
4: who doesn't look like a hedgehog actually? No.
1: Although I think well, There he's, he is, look. Yeah. Oh, he's cute. Oh, nice. Put him away, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was thinking, ah, this is a lovely part. I mean, I'm, I'm not acting with anyone else. I'm, this is my scene. Isn't it? I've got this stuffed hedgehog and me. Wondrous joy. I've got to see the film. I sit down there, and this bloody little upstage-in blackguard comes on. <laughs> The Wizards of Weta, I mean an animal, they said never work with, you know, children and animals, I thought, oh well it's alright, it's a stuffed hedgehog, look at it, So doing nothing, nothing, even I was weeping when it was dying, <laughs> and then afterwards I was weeping when it didn't die, upstaging little bleep bleep bleep, that's all I can say. <laughs> Cover his ears and yes. get upset. Have I answered that question? I've forgotten what it was. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's,
3: the answer was
5: better than the question. So think uh, I think it was what was it like working with Sebastian?
1: <coughs> Don't mention that name. <laughs> and then the rabbits. I mean, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Bloody rabbits bouncing about. He's got a rabbit there as well. Oh my God! You're really rubbing it in. Yes, you oh, <laughs> are. What chance did I have? But anyway.
3: So Graham, yes, you're a physical guy. You're a big, strong guy, uh, and the role is pretty physical. Uh, early calls every day, and oh, yes. not the easiest job in the world. But were there any days that were? particularly hard. <laughs> now, well,
4: yeah, you know there were there were there was some stuff to have. scene 88 probably. <laughs> scene 88 which you, you know, you won't know from the scene number but it is when we're chased across New Zealand. Um, New Zealand, all of New Zealand, <laughs> by, uh, by the WAGs. And we filmed that over, oh, a long period of time. And we did. We just ran all over New Zealand. We, um, we would be dropped off sometimes by helicopter, and then they'd just, you know, they'd fly off, and then there'd be, uh, somebody would have a walkie-talkie, and they'd just go, okay, action! And then you'd just be running. <laughs> You'd be running, and you'd be running, and you'd be running, and you'd be running, and, be running and uh, ridiculous. We got T-shirts made. Well, the stunt department made little, um, like, running vests with uh, Middle Earth Fun Run on them. Scene <laughs> <laughs> 88. Okay. We were destroyed. We were destroyed.
5: We were and, and not only did you run, you ran again and again and again and again. Well, the
4: thing is, that we, because we trained, we had trained. I mean, all of us had trained, and we were all you know, in pretty good shape. And, but in those costumes and those boots, you start running and you're sprinting. You're like, hey, I'm really moving. This is great, this is gonna look great. You know, like, running along like that. And then you look at playback and it looks like you're running through molasses. Like. <laughs> And all Peter's saying is, "No, that's great, but uh, it just needs to be faster, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, going, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, if you could just come back, you know, it's about, I don't know, three, four hundred yards. Yeah, we'd just do it again. So that was a very challenging scene. They'd be very good to us, though. They'd say, are you, are you OK to go again? And yeah. you go... Oh, 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 oh. But yeah, yeah, I would say that in the second film, not that you've seen it yet, but you will see an extraordinary scene involving us in barrels. Um, oh yeah, that—that that is, I would—if if I had a gun to my head, I would say that's my favourite sequence in all of the films. It's great fun, and we—we we were, yeah, dumped in the Polaris River and um, in barrels, and we had to—we had to swim and save our own lives. We totally did. <laughs> we did, they
5: had we a, did. They, they put, you know, we couldn't believe it for a start. First it was fantastic because our costumes were so hot. So when we were immersed in real water and real barrels in a real river, it was the best feeling because suddenly we were cool. But then they floated us and pushed us off down the river and they had a string across the river underneath, yeah. but we all had to rock the barrels to make it look like things were happening, things were happening, and if you tipped the barrel just a little bit too far, it slipped over the string, and off down the river you went. And yeah, you did, we, you did,
4: didn't you, I you did. went down, went you totally and John, and John they, Callum.
5: And once you get out in the river, the current was so strong, you couldn't actually move. I got, I got out of my barrel, stupidly. Um, and I couldn't move and then two stunt guys came to help me and stood with me. All three of us could not move because no. even though the water was only that deep, it was kind of a rapid river and once it gets to that deep it's moving really fast. So. Oh, we weren't in any real danger. It was uh, it was fun. We but, were, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> but <laughs> don't tell we, anybody. We, we arrived when we arrived to do that sequence. We kind of naively thought that they might be using the stunt guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Peter brought us out onto this promontory of a ro- this rock overlooking the river. It was a fast-flowing whitewater river, part of it, you know. And as I say, we just uh, show the guys um, what we're going to be doing. So from around the corner came this barrel with a stuntman in it and he was wearing a wetsuit (laughs) and a crash helmet (laughs) Uh, and he came around the corner and he's swimming along and then he does a kind of scuba dive leap backwards into the water and he crawls up onto the beach and there you go, fantastic. And Pete then just goes, yep, so uh, should we shoot it? (laughs) And we were then led quite literally like lambs to the slaughter. (laughs) <laughs> down to this thing. I mean, and we were just placed in these barrels. And um, okay, you ready? Right, action. No, no, wait, wait,
5: has anybody thought about the fact that we are wearing oh, nice. fat suits? Oh, it was extraordinary.
4: That yeah. actually soak up water? Stephen Hunter, Stephen Hunter had his costume weighed when he came out of the water. And he weighed, now let me convert this into two pounds. Yeah, he, he weighed about 330 pounds. He couldn't stand... I mean, he, he could barely get out of the
1: barrel, to be honest. Yeah. But
4: it was, yeah, that was an incredible sequence. Yeah.
1: I had someone to do my running for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you get for being a wizard. Yes. The wonderful Tim Wok, he was my. Uh, I know. I know. He was, he's a uh, Chinese uh, New Zealander. I mean, he looks very Chinese. And,
4: An exact match.
1: But he looks exactly, I thought, yeah, you look like me. But um, <laughs> they, they, well, they made a mask of my face and put it on him, which was, you know, and I used to think, hello you, hello me. And um, the only thing was, it, it, I've got a protruding lip. And so when he had to speak, you had to pull the mask out. So, hello, right, Sylvester. I'm just going to run down there now, all right? And bang, it would go. Wonderful. Mm. <laughs> uh,
3: a little sticking with some of the dwarves' technical aspects, William. Uh, those suits must have been hot, but I, I understand they had a pretty good cooling system in them.
5: Yes, we had, um, we had vests that were designed for racing car drivers. And what they do is they pump cool water around your body. Um, and well, a lot of us use them, uh, especially early on. We use them a lot because um, and scene 88, as Graham mentioned, hmm. we did a lot of running. And, you know, somebody like poor Stephen, because Stephen is the one that really, because his costume was so extreme, uh, every time we'd stop, um, even a pause, he would have to be plugged in. So you get plugged into a little bo- uh, box that pumps ice cold water around your body, which is the best feeling ever. Yeah, you could use dying. it here, actually, at the moment, outside. Yes, exactly. It'd be nice. Yeah. We should all get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that was a, a saving grace. Some of us stop wearing them after a while, though, because it is actually also you kind of have to get used to the heat mm. because you have the, co- the cooling thing you plug in and, a, and, a, and it relieves that, but it only relieves it for the time that you're plugged in. As soon as it's unplugged again, bam. You're back into the heat. So we kind of st- started to try and get used to it. You did that, didn't you, Grant? Yeah, so. yeah, you get
4: acclimatized <laughs> yeah. to it um, remarkably quickly, actually. Yeah, so we, we started
3: not wearing them. Let's start with a question. Uh, Amy, do you have our first
4: um well yeah i mean the 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 interesting thing for us, well there, there were you know nothing really went wrong, particularly apart from William nearly drowning i mean there was that but uh the the some of the pranks uh, ian as as sylvester will attest um is a very naughty man <laughs> and uh his one of his favorite things is to try and make you laugh when he isn't on camera um and i mean. Perhaps some of you were here yesterday, but I, I told the story that in the second movie when we arrived. This is very early on um, We've been dropped by the Eagles and uh, And Ian has the line uh, That's why that's why the Eagles would take you no further and that was that was what he had to say now when it came to our coverage when the camera was on us For some reason, Ian decided to say, that's why the beagles would take you no further. And that was pretty much the end of the scene, because I just tried to imagine that of all the animals in the world, the dwarves thought, hey, let's get some beagles to take us. You just imagine their poor little legs and their long floppy ears and everything. and It would just be, you know, whose idea was that? Um, So yeah, there there were some funny
5: moments. There were lots of funny moments because a sense of humour. Carrying a a big project like this requires a sense of humour, and one of the people with the best sense of humour of all is Peter Jackson. He's a funny guy, and um, uh, there was because our costumes were very, very, very heavy, and our um, our fat suits were very heavy, and we would never moan about it, would we, Graham? Never. Nobody ever moaned. Nobody ever moaned. But anyway, we did a little moaning. One day, Sir Peter Jackson came to the set and he had on a World War I uniform, British Army soldiers' uniform. Full kit, helmet, everything pack, rifle, everything, completely dressed. And he said, Look at this. And he got the pack and the gun. He said, These guys carried 90 pounds. And it really put it in perspective, because here's us a bunch of actors complaining. <laughs> Whereas these poor guys, you know, like in 1915, 1916, were going out having to fight wars, dressed. Very true. In this kind of gear. Very true. So, you know, that was, that was a funny day. We had to laugh.
1: Well, I mean, uh, there was, uh, I had an accident uh, with the sledge uh, once. Uh, I'm, I was on this green screen set uh, in the green carpet with little green men and I hadn't been drinking i'd promise you <laughs> what they they were lying on the floor it was like something out of a you know modern art kind of uh, a, 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 a exhibition. They were all in green and they had this sledge on a, a, um, a an inner tubing covered in green so that I would be on the sledge and they would be down there doing that to give the idea that you know I was doing all this and I was hanging on like mad and I had to do a double take and I was doing that and um, then they said oh uh, we would like to sh- uh, shoot this sledge from down under so they took all the padding because under the green there was kind of padding they always had in case anything happened. They took it all away, and then they got down, they did the shot, and that was great, and then they put all the green back, and then we did more, and then uh, uh, Andy, it was Andy circus was directing it, and he said, a, a, a bigger one, a faster, a bigger double take, and I went like that, and my hand flew off, and then I flew off backwards. <laughs> And onto the floor, which was no longer padded. It was concrete. And as I hit the floor, I could feel it in my bum. I went Ooh. boing. And my head was just going down. Oh. And my head just hit the concrete. I could feel my brain beginning to move inside my skull. But then one of the stunt guys had dived like a rugby player. And he caught my ha- ha- head in his hands. <laughs> and he actually saved me from getting knocked out. But it was an extraordinary moment. You know, it's like, Wow. He must have just dived, because he wasn't allowed on the green, you know, it was quite a long way. This guy must have just dived in slow motion and just caught my head just before.
4: (laughs) Those... Wow. I tell you what, those those stunt guys were incredible. Sylvester just just reminded me, actually, of um, uh, Bilbo's scale double um, was the extraordinary actor Kieran Shah, who... (laughs) amazing, amazing, and he uh, he's worked, I mean, I think he's done over a hundred movies, it's fantastic but um, he's a, he's a, a stuntman as well and he's three foot six, It's very small um, and he, there's something called an air ramp which stunt guys use, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically you stand on the ramp and it's on a hydraulic, and when they fire the ramp, it shoots up like that and you go flying forward, so they use it for explosions and to give the illusion that somebody's being blown up so it's a dangerous piece of equipment, if you don't know what you're doing. It'll break your legs. So Kieran.
1: And Kieran talks like this. <laughs> he really wanted to do it. I said, I really want to do it. I want to have a go.
4: So the stunt guy said, no, 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 I don't think this is a good idea, Kieran. No, no, I want to try. Said, okay. <laughs> so okay. They, so they lowered it down to the, the minimum weight and they said, okay, we're gonna give you the trigger. And you count three, two, one, and then you fire it, and then we'll know we'll be ready for you. Okay? And he goes, yeah, 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 let's do it. So he gets on the air ramp, and he stands there, and he gets the trigger, and he goes, okay, three, two, boom, and he just flies <laughs> in the air. And one of the stunt guys has to run and catch him <laughs> like a football.
5: <laughs>
4: That's a true story. <laughs> Yeah. What a legend.
3: It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a pretty good Kieran invitation.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's Kieran's been a guest here, as a matter of fact. I bet he has. And we'll I probably he come back. Well he's still
1: here, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> are.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to this side and get a question.
0: Uh, thank you very much for staying true and passionate to the work that you've provided us. You've done an amazing job, and thank,
3: thank you, you, you
0: for the continuing work.
5: Thank you very much. That's very
4: kind of you.
0: So my question is, uh, in The Ringers, uh, it was reported that all of you got a tattoo, pretty much, I think with the exception of John uh, Rhys Davies.
4: Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So can you guys comment, did you get a tattoo, uh, or any plans to?
4: No. Well, tattoos, no, we didn't do a tattoo. but We did discuss it. we, We did discuss it, but the consensus was that The tattoo thing was kind of the Lord of the Rings and we wanted to do something different. So the wetter guys um, Made us you've got yours as well. They made us um, a ring and Yours is I have to say this was Graham's
5: idea He's playing it down a bit and it was a fantastic idea. And so Graham worked with the wetter guys they designed it uh, and Graham went round got everybody's ring sizes and we all had this very, very special ring. And I'm very, very proud of mine. At first and I saw it and I thought, because it's actually completely plain on the outside. So when you see it, you think, oh, that's just a plain band. But no, on the inside is engraved the journey of the dwarves through the film. A depiction. And a depiction of the Arkenstone with a green diamond. Mm.
4: Yeah. It We, we wanted... Um, we, we thought long and hard about it and uh, came to the conclusion that the dwarves, because they're a very secretive race, uh, the treasure would be hidden. And so the treasure of the ring is hidden inside the band, not on the outside. And uh, it is, I, I wear it all the time and um, every time I look at it, it reminds me of that experience and, uh, and the fact that we all, we all have them. So it's, yeah, it's very special.
5: Yeah. And the coolest thing of all is that it's easy enough to engrave a ring on the outside, but to oh, make a yeah. ring and engrave it on the inside oh, yeah. is actually an incredibly difficult thing to do, and it makes it very, very
4: special. It was the guy who made the one ring for um, for the Lord of the Rings.
3: Who yes. Who made them? Yeah. yeah. Question on this side. Hey. Hey.
0: hey.
5: Right. Friendly well, rivalries. Oh, God, yes, of course. <laughs> Look, it's a family. You're supposed to say no. No. <laughs> oh, it I is a family. It. What yeah. you've got is, you've, this is a good thing. You've got 13 incredibly experienced guys at the top of their game, all from different parts of the world, very experienced actors. And it is a very competitive environment. But it's kind of like sport. That's part of the joy of it because you're working with people that you absolutely respect and you're out there and you go onto the set every day, you never know, you know. well, sometimes you know what's gonna happen, sometimes you don't know till you get there in the morning. Um, You've gotta go out there and do your job, which is be an actor and you've gotta be bloody good at it. And you've gotta be bloody good at it because there's 12 other guys who are also bloody good at it. And that was one of the things that I loved about working on this film the most, because it was a competitive, strong, but ultimately still a brotherhood, and we still really respected each other. I mean, it wasn't, it's, not, it's not a nasty thing, the rivalry thing. It's not like, oh, you know, there was no bitchiness or anything like that, no ego, because when you're working with Peter Jackson, it, it, everybody is so pleased to be working with somebody of his calibre and his talent. Um, no, that was a great thing. That's part of why the, re- the the reason the films are so good, because of that environment. Hmm.
1: Yeah, as far as Peter Jackson's concerned, anyone with an ego, well, he goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no room for it, is there? No. Yeah,
3: there's no room. No. All right, back to this side, please. All
0: right. Again, I wanted to say thank
2: you
4: all for coming. It's been a pleasure. Um, if you'll bear with me, it's a 16 part project. Well, mm, yeah, you can, mm, you you can never say definitively with Peter Jackson, no.
1: I'm, I'm not allowed to speak about the next two movies until they come out. Otherwise I'll get shot.
4: (laughs) As we speak, there will be a sniper on the
5: roof. Yeah, look.
1: (laughs) See that little red thing on my head? That's it.
5: He'll, yeah. He's had a chip implanted.
1: (laughs) No, I think I I can say I'm in the second one because I I believe there's a previews come out. Well, you never can tell, really. With no, I don't know what the third one. I I, I think I am in it. Yes, yes, yes. You are. Yes. I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Me and the bloody rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> How's Sebastian? Is he in? Oh, don't mention his name. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: oh, over here. Hi. Uh, can
4: you tell us about
3: the dwarvesizing video that you guys? Oh, the, dwarf- the size video. <clears throat> the what?
4: what? The dwarver size video. This was um, we we did this on one of the production diaries. Um, well, <laughs> listen, we <laughs> we um, we just enjoy doing all that stuff. We do, and uh, I I was um, I thought that it might be fun to get us all in um, in our suits and and doing like an old-fashioned 80s Richard Simmons type. Yeah, fitness size. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they they said yeah that sounds like a great idea and um, so after filming one day uh, we were rushed into another stage where they'd prepared this whole thing for us and we um, we did this workout and Jed (laughs) Jed who used to be an aerobics instructor (laughs) oh yeah oh Jed's done some extraordinary things yeah you oh we should what's what's that video that he does where he's stripping.
5: Oh, look, I was there, Jed and I, a very, very long time ago, when I was slimmer. You were there? You were stripping as well? I was.
4: Not in that video. Not in that video, no.
5: We did, a show, we did a show together, a tour of a show, which is a hit show called Ladies' Night, and Ladies' Night was actually before the Full Monty, but the same kind of story. In fact, I think the Ladies' Night guys had words with the Full Monty guys, a bit later on because ladies night is about a group of unemployed guys who get together to form a strip team right and it's a comedy show comedy musical so jed and i did uh strip together
4: <clears throat> but you can find yeah, yeah, somewhere on the internet yeah but is... jed, yeah
5: jed actually was video doing it yeah. oh he did oh, yeah. it for a uh, a telethon that's right he did yeah.
4: it for a telethon yeah. we watched that and very amusing yes uh, but yeah he, he was an aerobics instructor and so he really Gave us a workout, you know. I mean, we were doing a proper aerobics yeah. class, and it
5: was the end of the day.
4: We were knackered.
5: <laughs> uh, but I'm, well, I hope you enjoyed it. Anyway. Yeah, it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing it.
4: Yeah. Over here. Okay. Um, whenever after- how how did it change? How did the script change? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand.
3: I hear you very well. Yeah, it's a little hard to hear. So put the mic really close to your mouth and say that again. Or walk right up here.
5: <laughs> Come on, walk right up here.
3: No, no, no. You just what?
4: <laughs> Try. Oh no, you don't need to worry. It's fine.
1: Don't worry. Don't feel embarrassed. We're all no.
4: watching you. Just yeah, no.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sometimes
2: yes.
4: People sometimes build up a way to play their role. So, how did that
1: change from when you first got the script to when you met each other? Well, for me, it's when I went into makeup and they put shit all over me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That had a profound change in my interpretation of the Because you
4: saw him as a very sort of tidy, well well groomed person, didn't you? A dapper little chap.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Well,
4: Well, the whole process of um, when you read the script and then you start doing the whole meetings, the design, and I mean, my own. The thing I guess that, that I remember specifically about that was when I, um, we were looking at our weapons and we had a big input into the weapons and I wanted um, the axes. I was very keen on that idea and, and I wanted um, them to be named. I, I, I had an idea to name each axe and I'd remembered that, um, that Emily Bronte, you know, who famously wrote Wuthering Heights, uh, she had two dogs called Grasper and Keeper. And um, they were hounds. And Emily Bronte was a very small girl, probably not much taller than Kieran Shar actually. Uh, And, uh, well, she was a bit taller than that, but anyway. But she had these enormous dogs. And I'd always remembered those names. And I suggested to Peter that my axes be called Grasper and Keeper. And uh, he loved that idea. And literally the next day, there they were, engraved in in runes on, on the blade. So yeah, we had a lot of play with that kind of stuff.
5: But you? yeah, also, um, <clears throat> we had three months before we actually even started uh, filming at all. We had three months of working together every single day on stunts at the gym, horse riding. But even more importantly, it was almost like going back to drama school. We were working together as a team and they were actually doing this on purpose. They were kind of trying to f- forge us into a unit, if you like. And through that process of three months, we were working together. We were improvising um, uh, together uh, every single day, and we'd work up little scenes. We worked with Terry Notary, the movement coach, very, very closely. Terry is the guy that does Planet of the Apes um, movement, very experienced, and he used to be with Cirque du Soleil. So during that process, we actually started to, you know, find what our character was and how we interplayed with each other and developed and developed. So it's not just from the script, it's from how we actually were getting together as human beings and actors and then as we started to develop our character. So it really, that, that was very valuable, that process. Getting the boots on, you know, they'd introduce us to bits and pieces of our character throughout that three months and, and give us, you know, the weapons would be one, then the boots, you know, and, he, and all that time, all that process, we were finding
3: who our characters were. Before we take the next question, I need to just make a reminder. Immediately following this panel, these fine gentlemen will be in the Hilton in room 314 for photos. And following that, they will be back to the Marriott for signing, so don't forget. I'm glad you know what we're doing. That's yes. good.
5: We'd love to see you guys. Come and visit us, you know. Come and say hi. Uh,
4: yeah, b- yeah. well, yeah, be careful. Be careful about bringing Sebastian.
1: <laughs> God. Where is he? Where is he? Show me him! Fine. It's fine, it's fine. Are you mad? <laughs> can you see he's on edge? <laughs> Let's go over I'm prickly. Him. Well, you should watch with, work with Sebastian prickly, little laggard. <clears throat>
4: Bofa. Uh, Hello. Hello. Uh, uh, how, how, sorry, say that, I, I, you, the mic drifted away from your face.
0: Uh, how, how was it for you that you were
2: the first dwarf,
0: uh, dwarf, to be seen
4: in the film? Oh, the first dwarf in the film, yeah. Yes, yes, it was, yeah, that was um, an extraordinary day, yeah. When, when they get you into the costume and you're in your makeup and you're shooting for the first time, and uh, I think it was March the 31st was um, my first shoot date in 2011, and uh, you walk up, and because you're walking up to stand outside that iconic door, and they're ready, and Peter comes up, and you talk about the scene, and then they shut the door, and you wait, and then you, they say, okay, stand by, and they roll the cameras, and when they say action, and you knock on that door for the first time, I mean, that was, um, that was a very, very, Emotional moment actually very profound and then the door opens and then you you literally enter the world of the film and, uh, and That was great. That was a great feeling So yeah, it was it was a it was an honor to be the first the first dwarf and then I get to eat more food obviously <laughs> Yeah And you're in
5: Bag End we yeah. were filming in the Bag End and it's all real it's all real. It's yeah. amazing. All the food's
4: real. Yeah. And the
5: food was real. All the food you see in the films, all real. And we would get there. The table and the larder, Bilbo's larder laden with food. And the guys would say, this is all fresh. This is all real. You can eat any of this.
4: Yeah. And we did. We did. No, I tell you what, there's a, when you, I mean, you see it in the movie, um, when we're having, a, the, blunt the knives and everything like that, but I think in the extended version, they'll show more of the food fight. <laughs> the food fight. <laughs> the Flags. food fight, the food fight went on for about a week. I'm not joking, I'm not joking. Every day we'd come in, and Andy was directing a lot of the food fight and second unit, and we, he would just ask us to just go crazy. I poured, a, I poured a pint of beer over my head, I, you know, there was, oh, there was all sorts of madness going on. At one point, when we're passing the plates around, uh, I'm standing behind Stephen Hunter, and uh, I'm trying to feed him. So, you know, I'm feeding him from behind, I can't see his mouth. And I had a cherry tomato, And uh, I started to put it in what I thought was his mouth. uh, And I was actually ramming it up his
1: nose.
4: (laughs) And and to Stephen's credit, he didn't turn around and go, what are you doing? Um, He just carried on and let this cherry tomato get stuffed up his nose. So you may see that.
5: Lots lots of crazy things happen. Another plug for Stephen is the egg that is thrown. Now, I have to... Look, there is some digital effects in the film. I mean, only a few. A lot of it's real, like the plates, uh, the, uh, the plate throwing, you know, a little bit of that's real. But the egg that is caught by Stephen is a real egg really caught by Stephen and his reaction to that which is hilarious because he goes ah! <laughs> like that <laughs> was really because he really caught it in his mouth <laughs> oh
1: yeah yeah it was a totally genuine moment yeah. <laughs> really funny yeah yeah. how many takes did it take
4: 12 <laughs> uh, for him to get it in his mouth and he ate he probably ate about a dozen eggs hard <laughs> hard boiled eggs a poor guy boy
1: he was in the loo for a year problem you
4: had to say it, <laughs>
5: when they were filming uh, that particular scene i was off uh, being a troll so i oh yeah i didn't get to eat all i got to eat some M- mind you some of the food after a couple of weeks. <laughs> you don't want to eat so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. And the other thing is when, a, okay, so the food is fresh and you can eat it all, but after the food fight when they have to reset it and it's been it. thrown all around the room <laughs> and on the floor and swung around the, uh, the light fittings, uh, it's not so savory. Let's get another question
3: on this side.
5: Hi, Hi. yes.
1: Um, my is Chad. I love the
3: office. was like five on a so oh yeah. What I was curious about was that version, really, and the book has so many songs. How did you guys narrow it down to just the two? Mm.
4: Yeah, I know. Um, well, I think obviously that was that was the decision that Peter and Fran and Philippa made about about the songs. It's, it's you know, I, I would like to see more of the songs in there personally, but um, and we we thoroughly enjoyed doing them, but. Uh, it's hard, yeah. I mean, there are decisions that have to be made by Peter, and uh, and unfortunately, that was one of them. But I hadn't, I haven't seen the animated version, so I can't comment on that. Yeah, but I'm sure. Yeah,
5: I'm sure. <clears throat> it is an adventure. It, it, it is an adventure about the story, and the, it, that requires momentum. You know, you've got to drive a story forward. And one of Peter Jackson's great strengths is he knows how to drive a story. And so I think that, you know, unfortunately, sadly, things that, you know, you can't hang around and wait for some kind of things, and it's just the way of the, the industry. Uh, I'm, I'm sure in the world there's a lot of upset authors whose books have been turned into films, and they haven't been at all happy with them, a lot. We sing a lot quietly in our heads <laughs> during the film. What was fantastic is we really did the singing. We really do all the singing, and part of that three months prep... was getting into the studio and, um, and doing that. That was, the, that was a great honor.
3: Perhaps, in the extended edition, there might be more songs. Who knows? Who knows? Question on this side.
4: <laughs> oh, no, not now. <laughs> not now, but listen. Not know. before 12. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yes, darling. Oh, thank, thank you, you
5: very much. much. It's an honour to be here. Absolutely. Uh, my question
0: is: um, throughout all the scenes that you have shot, what was the most
3: emotionally charged scene that you guys had the toughest time?
4: To oh well, yeah, Eagles. that's that's, yeah, uh, well, yes. Uh, the I guess the first film.
5: Oh yeah.
4: Yeah, we can only
5: see there's so much to come up, but we can talk about the first, because there are some amazing moments yet to come that we can't talk about. That were very emotional. Very
4: emotional. Yeah, Um, I mean, on my last day, well, I can tell you one thing. On the last day of filming, I was filming some of the Battle of the Five Armies, and uh, it was the very last day, the very last day of shooting, and we were really going at it. And it was tough, you know, it was good. It was great fun, but... uh, it was tiring, and um, I knew that this was going to be the last setup on me. It was getting late in the day, and uh, and obviously I'd prepared for that. But when we finished and we'd done it and we watched it on video playback, and Peter turned around and he said, um, "Okay, we uh, we're buying that, and um, that's a picture wrap on Graham McTavish." And immediately I started to cry. Immediately. I was totally unprepared. I was just, it just catches you completely by surprise. And I was surrounded by all these incredibly you know, masculine stunt guys, you know, who were coming up, hugging me, going, it's alright, bro, don't worry, it's okay, you know, just just can't. Run. And then Pete came over and then I couldn't speak at all. Now, you'll probably see it because they were all the behind the scenes were there filming it, so eventually, I guess on the third movie, you'll probably see it. But, uh, I was just um, hugging Peter and uh, and just saying, um, "I'll be all right in a minute." (laughs) (laughs) And it was, but that was a very, very, very emotional. That was the most emotional day for me personally. Yeah. It was the
1: death of Sebastian.
5: He doesn't mean he was emotionally upset. He means he was emotionally thrilled.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't die a little blackout out no.
3: Do we have time for another question? We're gonna go one more question.
2: Hello.
4: Galadriel
1: (laughs) How do you mean play?
4: (laughs) (laughs) There's no competition at all What about you?
5: I don't know. I did. We, we've uh, on the extended version. I mentioned this yesterday. On the extended version, um, we received something a wee while ago in the email, um, uh, asking permission to use some footage, and it was footage of our auditions uh, for the film. And I'd forgotten that I'd auditioned for this role, and it was the mayor of Lake Town. And it had, because it had been months and months and months before I got the part of Biffa, and. Uh, I thought that I did a good job. And I, I thought I, Master of Lake Town is a fun character. And you're not going to know that till you see the next film. But the actor that eventually did it is much better than I am. <laughs> but <laughs> that would have been a fun thing to do. What
4: about you?
1: <coughs> well, um, when I, I, I went to say goodbye to Richard Taylor, you know, who runs Weta uh, Workshop. And he's the guy that does all the magic, with all his magicians, the real wizards yeah. of the film. Yeah. And he was telling me that you know they're going to bring out um, a model of me running, and how exciting that was. And they showed me bits of it. And then he said, and you know, then he said, you know, the most popular request for any of these models is. Sebastian!
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be someone else, I'll be Sebastian, I think.
2: Because to... <laughs> he's obviously the most
1: popular person in the film. <laughs> but that's the most requested model that uh, Weta gets is, where's Sebastian? We want to buy him. I thought he was going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody thing <laughs> <laughs>
3: A final reminder, photos right now, immediately after, in the Hilton, room 314, and then back to the Marriott for signing. Before that happens, let's give these guys, let's shake the halls of Dragon Con.
5: Thank you, friends.
0: The journey of the Hobbit and his companions is in a way... Uh, a reflection I think of the journey of all the actors and it's so great to hear their stories Um, and I think and this has been the experience with the Lord of the Rings as well that um, being involved in in these three movies in this new trilogy having worked together for so many years um, it just creates a a sense of family among the actors among everyone involved and that's something that also transpires in, in the movie itself I think that's one of the reasons uh, that these movies have been such, such a success. So, thank you so much for recording this, Riley. And um, where can people find you? Because you don't have The Hobbit Report, but you do have a, a podcast about another little franchise.
2: I do. And again, thanks for letting me uh, share that with the listeners. Now, I'll tell you what, um, uh, we'll actually be returning to Dragon Con in a few weeks as we record this, and I'm looking forward to it. So if you're listening to this podcast through the magic of, through the, magic of the internet... Uh, you can follow uh, my ongoing adventures at starwarsreport.com slash about, and that'll kind of introduce you to everything about the, the other podcast I do that's about that galaxy far, far away
0: and it's, uh, it's a very entertaining podcast I love listening to it. There, there are quite a few Star Wars podcasts out there but this one ranks uh, definitely in, in my top three um, and of course uh, uh, every once in a while you also uh, join me for a discussion about Star Wars on SQPN's uh, Star Wars uh, podcast which is called The Secrets of Star Wars which you can find at starwars.sqpn.com So uh, thanks again Riley and well, we'll be back hopefully soon with a new episode talking about everything that we was revealed about the Battle of the Five Armies over at uh, San Diego's Comic-Con. Thanks for listening, and may the hair on your toes never fall out. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.